I'm terrible holding my breath. Hold that breath. It's like the the need to actually hold my breath makes it worse. Versus like, I'm just going to hold my breath for a little bit. Can you hold your breath underwater? Yeah, probably. Have you ever tried? (laughs) Yeah. When I was like 12 and I had a pool in my parents' backyard. When was the last time you swam? I miss... Dude, I love swimming so much. I think it's been... I think it's probably been like two or three years since I've actually swam last. We used to have... my. We were a little bougie. We used to have a boat back when we were living in houston we boated around in that disgusting lake i was on a swim team which i hated because i got sunburn all the time up pasty really i was uh i i I timed for the swim team for a little bit wait really (laughs) just look man yeah because uh i love second cod reaction the teacher the guy that did it he was my favorite teacher of all time he's like hey we need some more people like hey i'll do it damn more time never actually were a swimmer though were you no i wasn't damn okay yeah dude my parents made me do every sport, which is very ironic. That's how I found out I don't like sports is by doing all of them. Well, that's also a good way to hate sports is by being forced to by your family. Yeah, but if, you know, you grow up as a uh, a boy and your dad is fairly traditional, you know, he's going to want to make you do some sports. And then very quickly he yeah, accepted it and my dad let me do too. whatever. Yeah, no, it's fine. I played but soccer dude, and baseball. You could not get me out of the pool if you put me in the pool for a while until it got to that point where it just is cold and your body is dying. Because you're shivering and you're like, I got to get out of here. But if I had an element in video games, it would probably be either water because I love water so much or just because I like electricity and lightning and everything. Then that that would that would be it. That's a bad combo, though. Electricity and water. Not if you're using it on your enemies to kill them. You just got to not self-destruct. Yeah, it's fine. In Genshin Impact, it's a pretty good reaction, especially in the current high level content that exists. Okay. I must admit. Well, you just stepped into Genshin Impact walkthrough or something. No, no, no. no. Okay, let's take, a, let's take a step back. If you had elements mm-hmm. for you in, in something and we just had elemental powers, what would yours be? I feel like I'm an earth kind of guy. Really? Yeah. You know what? I kind of agree. Or air, kind of maybe. Or air. Both are kind of chill-ish elements. Well, the reason I say I, I kind of agree mostly with earth is because you're very structured and mostly by the book yeah so that that's why but air also maybe because that like i don't know there's there's this thing i read which equated the characteristics of elements to certain types of people like air and water you think might be kind of the same because they both kind of change and they have tides and they flow but air is more erratic but water has more like structure even if it can change the flow fire is the most like changeable and earth is like straight you can't you know, even even tectonic plates can't even move stuff that much. It takes ages. You know, I, know I could also be uh, metal. So I just like Dude. banging my goddamn head, you know? Yeah. He's been trying <laughs> every time we start this podcast to make his hair just stick in his face. And he always forgets about it. See, there, there he goes. He's doing it now. And he get Audio listeners soon. are like, what? Yeah? Have you not been doing haircuts because of the, the pandemic? Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of in that weird space where I, I'd love to try to grow out my hair, you know? get like a long hairdo going but it's just it, a it takes so long b it looks gross in the interim and c i want to cut my hair so I, I i just it gets in my face it starts bothering me it's frustrating i don't know how I, people with long hair do it i've never had like actual long hair but that that statement about there being a phase where no hairstyle looks good it's like this length yeah it's tough to do unless mm-hmm. you have the perfect perfect hairstyle I don't know, man. I can't do it. I need a haircut very soon, but also moving soon. And I, I prefer the person that has been cutting my hair for like, since I was in middle school, I've gotten my hair cut by the same person. Wow. Isn't that insane? That's commitment. That Somebody says I'm commitment. bad at commitment. Not me. No, I'm very committed. I'm also committed to the thing that we do here because we release an episode. We haven't missed one in forever. That's actually true. We've been pretty, yeah, uh, we've been pretty yeah. on point. I don't we think have. we've missed one in 2021 yet. It's the year of the crawl, man. It, well, you're the dungeon. You're the dungeon. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Because if you're not listening to this other podcast that we just started up recently, then you're missing out, man. It's this live play podcast where we go through Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Editions. Braxton over there, he is the DM. I'm a player. We also have two other wonderful players, and it's a badass time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, type in the Dungeon Chronicles to any place you can find anything. Absolutely. Uh, the the first three episodes were, I don't want to say scuffed, but we were hodgepodge in as much we could together. 
first two with first two yeah so the third episode third okay, and fourth gotcha. ones, i mean it's still not great but it definitely sounds better yeah but we're excited whenever the fifth episode comes out it's gonna be all digital and the mic's gonna be a lot better anyways he's ryan he's braxton look at my exposure is terrible this is eh, for it's like video that david people. that painted this one i don't know yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah this is also on a bunch of other things this is the dungeon crawl this today is. We're talking about something that is my favorite thing always less so lately because there haven't been as much fun content coming out doesn't mean the stuff that they're adding here is any less important unearth arcana Woo! yeah, yeah. Woo. see we're at the point now i feel like we've gained a little bit of fame if you think about it because now we have people that tell us when Unearthed arcana comes out that's true that's true they, they know my my pain they have insiders there was Shout a time for Discord. newer listeners. There was a time where we just did Unearth Arcana back to back to back because they just kept pumping this crap out, man. I remember I was uh, walking home from going grocery shopping at Target and I get a text from you. I don't remember what it was. But we were like, guess what? Or like, you'll never guess what happened. I'm like, wait, what? Or you said Jeremy Crawford just tweeted something. Yep. Yeah. And it, it turned out to be another Unearth Arcana, but I thought the world had exploded. The D&D world had exploded. It turns out that wasn't the case. To Ryan, it was. Now we know, though, if there's a bunch of Honor Arcanas coming out left to right, then we know there's probably a Tasha's or like a Player's Handbook kind of 2.0 on the on the way because well, there was a bunch of those. And then Tasha's dropped and most of those routes for a while. But now I would say we're kind of getting up to that again, especially yeah, now. And the they're place. targeting it. The last two have been similar, not thematically, really but they've been similar in what they're trying to do and for me honestly it's either what we're doing now they added more races it's Feywild theme folk of the Feywild okay so the previous one was gothic lineages and yeah, that already has a home though it does already have a home this one they're gonna release some sort of setting that buffs out the Feywild I guess I know what they're releasing you want me to tell you when we, when we leak this info to the world first you heard it here first guys the dungeon crawl I haven't heard this yet. Manual of the Plains. I'm telling you. Eh, what do I don't you know, mean? Man. This is That's Feywild. too much content in one book. And, oh, if they're going to release stuff on the Fey, the, the, the Plains are going to milk it. They're going to release one on I the Feywild. They've they're done release it. One. Every edition in the past has had a big old Manual of the Plains. A fifth edition changes stuff, man. They go against the grain. To go against the grain. For the sake of going against the grain. Fifth edition sucks. Does it suck? No, I think it's, it's pretty good. No, okay. I was talking with uh, Kenneth, who's been on the podcast and is in the live play before this. And we were, I was getting all my saltiness out. I was getting all of my frustrations out so that I can be more objective. What's your, what's your frustrations? My, I want to hear those. My, so my frustrations in regards to this. Which is are, um, uh, four, four new races. Four new races. Yes. And even just saying four new races Ooh. is even controversial because previously there were lineages and they explicitly said that these, I don't know if they explicitly said it, but they were trying to get away from giving us races to play so that we can adjust yes. them and tune them to how we want. Because living creatures can be in any way, shape, or form, no matter how trenched they are in whatever culture they come from. You know, that's the idea they're trying to uh, approach and make more, um, I guess, standard to say. So this is the stem of my frustration. For okay. me, I want to know... And I, I don't necessarily need to know, but I hope this isn't just a money grabbing. We're going to go with, you know, trying to have more inclusion because otherwise we get caught under a dumpster fire, which maybe it's well deserved because you shouldn't be racist in your games. Really? I'm, I've got a different viewpoint. Like if it's a there's a reason and it's world building, sure. it's not OK, but, but it's you shouldn't there. be for the sake of being for the know. sake of doing it. Yeah. Um, but I also like this. So my frustration goes away when I realize I like min-maxing, okay? I want to have the character that I want to play. I want to make a character that I love visually in every aspect. And what they're doing now allows me to do that because I don't have, if I want to be the best damn whatever Y class, X class, I don't know, sorcerer maybe, I don't have to play an elf to be the most powerful version of it, you know? Yes. I don't like that. Some people do. Kenneth likes it not because it's uh, excluding things and saying a race is a certain way, but he likes the restrictions because he likes having systems and trying to figure out how to do things well within them. So those yeah, are the I kind liked, of two I liked the, the restrictions and, and just because it made interesting characters and interesting kind of role play decisions. Of course, you have them in max or something. You know, okay, if I want to have the best 
wizard, I have to choose this class mm-hmm. or this race. Um, but you also had people like me or like other people, people that prefer just the role playing aspect and they will choose a off color or off, you know, different, a different kind of race. It's not particularly built for that. Um, but like a, a dwarf mage, you don't see many dwarven mages. Yes. It's kind of, you know, kind of fun, kind of interesting. So it's, was cool for that aspect, at least personally. True. So I think it's the general thought of do we want people who make these rpgs to force that on us and it has to be there or do they want to give us the choice of doing that because that sort of play style where you make a flawed character can still be done if they don't put races with ability scores if they don't force them into an archetype you know so that's the whole argument that i'm trying to understand and internalize and more representation and less restriction is never necessarily a bad thing yeah, but we play types that type of stuff yeah, we, but we play D&D so that we can have this structure. Otherwise, it's just everybody improving, and there is no rule. You know, that's how 5th edition kind of feels. So I don't know if Ryan has a, a thought on that, but closing that off and actually getting into the Feywild, and then we can pick that conversation up well, again. Well, not even before we get into the Feywild, it opens yeah. with stuff you're talking about. They're changing, and the started with the Gothic lineages is... is is there? They don't want to assign ability scores to races, as right. Braxton was kind of talking about, and they're sticking with that. While they're still having races, they're not having the lineages portion. Um, so you can now specifically choose, you know, which ability score you want to increase, what this race, what you're good at, what your character has good at. If let's say you've been working in the as a lumberjack for with your father for your whole life. And you choose, I don't know, a halfling. You have you decide to up your strength, which normally your strength would not get upped by choosing a halfling. So this mm-hmm. allows for that. Um, they have quick build options as well, so you yeah. can you know follow them all along for your class or not. Um, and then it goes into the languages, which lets you kind of pick and choose. Because if you're an elf, but you didn't spend time around elves, that one makes the most sense to me. You don't know elvish, yeah. You know, because you can grow up fucking anywhere and speak any language. Yes. Which extends to a lot of these other things. But something I do want to point out about um, the ability and score increases. This first showed its head officially, at least to my knowledge. There could be in other editions. But within 5th edition, the variant human, where you could change and alter where your stats were. Yes. uh, And they gave you a different form. So I think that was the first time they started to do this. And it was maybe the most important because humans are humans and they are most directly represented. The regular human just gets like a plus one to everything, Everything. right? Yeah, yeah, that's weird. because they're average, the basic, but the variant human lets you specialize. With the gothic lineages, this creating your character section and choosing your ability score increases. It mentioned when you determine your ability scores, increase one of those scores by two and increase a different one by one. Yeah. That's it. This one is now increase one of those scores by two and a different score by one or three different scores by one. So they've added something. And this is this is already in Tasha's, so they're changing it already. So I don't know if different books are going to technically allow you to do your ability score increases differently. If only these Fae folk have the option to do three You'll different probably stats. Get to pick because let's say if you just have the player's handbook or this, you're in your party. One of your friends has the player's handbook. One of your friends has the most recent edition of something. There, one guy's gonna follow the player's handbook uh, rules where their race comes with a ability score, and the other guy is gonna be doing his own thing. So, I, I don't know if that makes it confusing for people trying to get into the game. Saying, "Hey, how come, how come Jessica over there is up, upgrading her stuff when mine is just I came with this?" Uh, like, yeah, uh, I could feel people being confused on that. Yeah, they're in my mind, they're failing on the accessibility thing. They just need to release a rule somewhere online, anywhere officially, and says, Jeremy Crawford says this. And it's this thing right here. When determining, you can do a score by two and one or three by one. And that well, needs to be the universal rule. The problem, the other problem with that is the only way you can fix what they've now kind of caused is to make a 0.5 edition or a whole new edition because there's no way that tweet would get out to everybody playing D&D. Yeah, and the, the general process of somebody getting into D&D is now, is of, of course, most likely, they get the player's handbook, they read this stuff, they get used to it, and they start investigating. And they're like, well, there's this, what, whoa, what's going on? And they don't want that to happen. Yeah. And they've been trying to combat that. They have not done very well. 
and, and from my point of view, and this is like exhibit A, B, C, and D, that Gothic lineages and Fable both have different. And this is another Kana, it's, unre- it's unreleased. But I guess we'll we, see we what the Gothic lineages comes packed with in yeah. the Ravenloft book because that will have that in there. I wonder if we'll have a new ability score thing in there as well now. Yep, because they're already printing those, or they're already printed and ready to ship out. There's no changes that they can make. So the fact that this Folk thing already has a different ability score increase is confusing to me. Maybe maybe this is already what the one in in the um, whatever that book that's coming out is with the Gothic lineages. Maybe that's this is, yeah. Maybe this is the already the ability score thing that they've got in there. I don't know, but I'm just Could so be. confused as to why they changed it. Um, okay. To me, that's the biggest thing to talk about is this ability score increase thing. That's the most controversial because players like Kenneth want to have those flawed characters and want to have this restriction because it's fun. Some people don't because they don't want to stereotype, you know? Moving forward, uh, we did mention the languages thing. You can pick whatever you want. They've removed that as well. These are basically races, characters, types of peoples that have no ability score, but they do have cool features, traits, and abilities that's all that comes with these so that's how it's starting to change so ryan what do we have here what is included in this thing well the last thing i want to touch on is because yeah. this will be important for what we're about to get into is the majority of races that you can be in dnd are all the humanoid type because we're you know variants of humans i guess mm-hmm. the um i think the only different Actually, now I think I think even the ones in volos I think the majority of those are also humanoids um it's maybe all of them are it's now that we come to the gothic lineages introduced the, introduced this and now this continues that and to me is the most impactful one because this is you know stuff from the Feywild um the races now have a specific creature type attached to it so it's like the aberration the monstrosity ooze plant undead etc Makes me think of Magic the Gathering with card types. Kind of, yeah. I can have multiple ones of these. So I think they're all like, um, they're probably all going to be humanoid. Yes, as most player characters are of the humanoid type, but there are some that can have little variants in here. Um, mm. And you might think that's not a big deal, but there's some spells that only work on certain types of creatures or a spell like Cure Wounds is very different um, for a creature that's like a construct or something along those lines. So Or undead. Or undead, yeah. So you don't know how that shit works. But moving forward, the first thing that shows up that comes in here after they give their look designing note, creating your character, etc. Moving to the fairies. The first one that shows up. You're like, cute, right? Yeah, so these little pixies, I I would liken them more so to like the grim fairy tale sort of fairies, especially the Feywild, which is crazy and not mystical, happy-go-lucky, but these are fairies. They can be tricksters, they can be kind, they can be whatever you want. So again, don't pigeonhole yourself. It's actually kind of funny that um, my girlfriend's getting D&D for the first time and she is making her characters and stuff. And her DM actually was was kind of like homebrewing races and she actually started homebrewing a fairy. And I was like, hey, and I sent her this. this? Yeah, I I sent her this. Like, hey, I don't need to. You can, you can. Is she going to use this? I I think she's going to try to, yeah. And then, you know, she can see how it goes. So, um fairies uh you can have different characteristics or whatever if you want i still don't know why they're including the d8 characteristics things roll for whatever you want is it just to help you yeah just probably give you ideas because this is they have this for a lot of different things this only race in here that has it but they've had it for you know classes get these i think the lineages had them as well just to give people ideas and get them thinking because i think a lot of people see fairy and just think of you know uh tinkerbell or something you know so this gives you places to kind of jump off from yeah well the thing for me is ability scores are like that to me and it's like what parts of these are you going to include that don't qualify for the borderline racist stuff and what does like it's just so giving i don't oh man i want to understand what they want to include what they don't want to include because some of these could be racist to some people i don't think they will but it's just it's just weird. What do you want us to roll? What D&D, what do you want to give us to actually create a character? And what are you wanting to remove? And I think that's what they're trying to figure out. I like one of them says you smell like fresh brownies. It's pretty good. I but that can be dangerous. That fairy. It, well, exactly. Yeah. What if you like go into some sort of witch's domain or something, a hag, and she's like Hansel and Gretel level and she wants to turn things into treats and eat them. You're screwed. She's going to sniff you right out and you are getting in her culture. 
Yeah, they get eaten. I thought she just wanted to does. cook them because she just hated people and wanted to eat people. Does she put them? Does she turn them into like food and candy? I don't know. Huh. I know she cooks the boy. Maybe. Yeah, she's a it's been a while since I've read that. Been a good while. But uh, outside of those characteristics and giving you some sort of direction on where to go, you come into the traits, the cool things that you, you want get. To point out, before, that, we, before we get ahead of ourselves, yeah. I, I meant to mention this earlier. It's my fault. This was written by Tamor Rebman. Who? I missed that. Oopsed. Ari Levitch and Jeremy Crawford. It also says with input from the rest of the D&D design team. Hmm. Um, so this doesn't have uh, Mike Merles involved with it. Um, What's the significance of that? Those people? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking. So uh, Tamor has done uh, game designing for Wizards for a while. Three years, I want to say. Um hmm. So I'm sure his hand has been in a lot of that stuff. Uh, I know he is working on Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, and Ari, let's see what Ari's up to. Uh, they are a narrative designer, so maybe their oh. job with this stuff is kind of like people come, like Jeremy and um, and Tamor, come up with the idea, like the mechanics, and then they take that. So much like how Wizards of the Coast works for magic. Someone will come with the mechanics of the card, and then the other, then they send it to the other part of the team, and they come up with what the card looks like and the title and name of the stuff. Um, yeah. And he's been there for a little bit as well. Um, he's oh my god, he's been there for eight years. Um, he was he was actually he worked with Magic from 2013 to 2017. And wow! Only in the last three years he's been on a narrative design team at D and D. You know what they should do that could help them out a bit right now, and it's easy for somebody like me who works in like hiring freelancers and whatnot, and someone like you who knows more about the industry to be able to visualize what their process, creative process, could look like. But they should definitely do like a Vidoc, a video documentary about them creating Unearthed Arcanas and creating books and stuff. Well, they have giving the, that insight. Uh, they have the D and D Twitch where they they have Dragon Talk. I don't remember what exactly what it's called, but they have a podcast like format where they Jeremy Crawford's been on there a lot. Um, they've had Chris Perkins on there a lot. Both these Ooh. guys are you know, very well known in the Wizard of the Coast uh, design right. team, um, and they get in there and talk about. The design choices. That's where our, our last episode, talking about Ravenloft, that's where I got a lot of my, oh. my uh, information on the book because I made a, they did a whole stream and video talking about all the stuff that they're working on that's going to be going into this book. Um, so they kind of do it through that. Uh, it would be cool to see more of the background stuff, the behind the scenes, uh, and the different people that are working on it because we only really know, you know, a couple names with like with those other two people there. I'd never heard of them before. So it'd be cool to see. You know, kind of more names to faces. Yeah. Yeah. I always love seeing that kind of stuff. It can end up being controversial and kick yourself in the in the booty. But in general, I think it's a good thing. Especially a lot of people don't like being in on the camera. Yeah. So uh, I don't need to see your face. Just give me your voice. Just toss it on Spotify. Let me listen to it. Uh, but I didn't know they have that. So I'll probably go check it out sooner rather than later. Something that we're also going to be checking out soon rather than later is the fairy traits. Okay. Jump into it. So you have the following racial traits. Uh, creature type. This is a new syntax they're doing. You are a fae rather than your creature type is fae. Makes sense. Size. You are small rather than small. Weird note. I would think this would be tiny, but tiny is very hard of a creature size to deal with. So, so they I'm, that's probably, probably chose this intentionally, but I think it could be pretty fun too. make some um, interesting interactions. If fairies aren't typical in your world. You've got a party running around like you see guts with, you know, little whatever that guy's name is yeah, that runs around him like something. that's such. Yeah, that's such cool little imagery there. Uh, you also have a 30 uh, walking speed, which if you're well, you think small, you're the size of a halfling with this. That's like three feet. Wait, what? Yeah. Halflings are small. That's huge. I know. So I'm saying these guys are big. <laughs> hey, man, maybe they're just breaking the standard here. Fairies can be of uh, smaller, smaller size. They should give tiny an option here at least. But like you I said, tiny is hard to deal with. It kind of is. And we'll get one of the other traits. It's kind of like a tiny trait. So, yeah, because tiny does come with advantages, too, as well. So um, you might you have a walking speed of 30, but you also have fairy flight, which gives you a flying speed equal to your walking speed and can hover. So that like in a game of D&D, in a tactical game where it's turn based and movement can kind of be important. Just being able to fly. That's pretty great. Fly, yeah, you flying. Know? Fly. Flying is hard for a DM to master, you know, master and understand. That's kind of why I took it off of my character because it was yeah, broken sometimes. But I mean, giving, give, so like giving it to a player at first level 
It's a what is it? A second level spell? Fly? Uh, I want to say yeah. Yeah, could be a third. I, I'm gonna stick with with second. Stick to your guns. Uh, hopefully, I'm right. Stick to my guts. I've been wrong before, but this is cool. I like that. Uh, and then you've got fairy magic, which gives you druidcraft. You know it, them druidcraft and fairy fire. You can also cast fairy fire without expending a spell slot. The cooldown is per long rest until you can cast it again. You can nice. also cast them as a spell slot if you want to. So it's not gone if you use it, but you do need to use other and resources. Fairy fire is a very underutilized spell. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's great. The only time that we've had it before is whenever we had a bard in our campaign, you were still DMing. Uh, anytime they use fairy fire, I was like, stuff just got a little bit easier. Yeah, Advantage on like every attack. I mean, this is, this is amazing. Things can't go invisible. Beautiful. Yeah. And I love that they're being brave enough to give such a useful spell to somebody because it makes sense that a fairy is going to have fairy fire, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I'd be pissed uh, if I was a fairy and I did not have a spell with literally Where? basically my name in it. Looking at the spell table, not seeing fairy fire? Hmm, question mark? Something you do see, though, is Fate Passage, which Ryan alluded to a moment ago. You can squeeze through a space as narrow as one inch wide. Now, you're the size of a halfling. Yes. So How yes, the you can, heck like, does this look? You can slink down and slide through stuff. I'm just imagining like cartoon level. You've been hit with like a one ton weight, like an acme weight, and you've just your pancake and you go slide through. This would be like like an eldritch horror seeing somebody crunch their body and just like Harry Potter, the, the 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 bus slowly shrinking and like sliding yeah. through something. So I want. A, like I love this ability, but I want them to write like a little bit of flavor as to how it happens or like a guideline as to like. how it could happen, what it looks like, because my mind is going wild with this. Fay wild. <laughs> as you could say. <laughs> oh, don't laugh at that. I don't understand how this fairy thing doesn't have I mean, literally in the creature type, it says you are a fae. Mm-hmm. How does the fairy not have fey ancestry? I don't... What do you mean? The that trait, aren't fey, fey ancestry. What trait is that? Tell me for the dumb All people. Right, I will, I'd be happy to tell you. Elves have it, and one of the other races in this list has it too. Um, but it means you have advantage on saving throws you can make to avoid or end the charm condition upon yourself. Yeah, fairies would definitely have that. Also meaning if you travel in and out of the Feywild, you don't have the, you don't have the, the memory effects. Interesting choice. You know, maybe there maybe there was a lore reason for that. Maybe they just took it out because it seemed too powerful. I think I think why they didn't get it. And Kenneth and I briefly talked about this the other night. I think it's because uh, we both think it's because uh, because this Creature is type. already a very strong race. Yes. So yes, they're like, if we give this fan ancestry as well, we're just tossing things upon this thing. So well, let me ask then, because they're adding creature types. Do creature types have abilities are this creature is a fey do in, all in fey world, negate that yeah, i'd say all fey everything from the fey wild has advantage or, or you know at least doesn't have the effects of the fey wild upon leaving it so my guess is that they don't have it on here because creature type fey negates those that's why fey ancestry but it doesn't is a trait it doesn't it does in my world but fey creatures, by rules as written, do not have fey ancestry. Okay. Like the satyr well, has magical resistance, but doesn't have fey ancestry. That's weird. That's very weird. Elves have it. It's strange. That doesn't make sense, though. Half okay. elves well, even have it, for Pete's sake. Yeah, it's like, where do they get that for? What are they an ancestor of that has that resistance? It's an interesting you know? note in 3.5 edition and 3rd edition, all Fey could not be charmed, period. Could not be put to sleep, period. It makes sense. Yeah. It's not that cra- crazy of an ability. Sorry, I just cut myself out there. It's not that crazy. I don't know, man. Do we move forward? Do we go to the next one? Yeah, it's just, it's just a weird design decision, especially because the next one, I'm going to spoil it now, everybody, the Hobgoblin, which, even more of a spoiler, creature type, humanoid, has fey ancestry. You're kidding me. You're killing me, Wizard of the Coast. It doesn't make any sense. Though <laughs> elves and half-elves are humanoids, I'm curious if they were to redo all of the old races from player's handbook and give them creature types are they all still humanoids 
I don't know, man. I'm confused here. Like, and would they I'm make sure the it wasn't an oversight. Um, Devils? No. F- f- fiends? Are they, are they called? Fiends. fiends. Yes. Would they make them I think fiends? they are. I think they're classified as fiends. No, they're all humanoids, I'm pretty sure. They, they don't have it anywhere? I don't, I don't think so. I, I could Hold be on. wrong. I feel like fiend is written somewhere. I'm going, I'm going on D&D Beyond. I feel like it's written somewhere. Yeah, check on, on D&D fiend. Beyond. So within Tiefling names, the section there, it mentions that ref- names that reflect their fiendish heritage. So far, well, I'm they, not seeing have to anything be, else. They'd have to be humanoids because creature types for races didn't exist in the player's handbook. Yeah, there's nothing. Um, and fiend is only mentioned that one time in in the thing there itself. Carrion, Carrion's literally the second name there. Good creative choices yeah, there. Pa- pa- nice. Page 11. I found it here. Page 11 of the player's handbook says all player races are humanoid. I guess in the next, in the errata section now for the player's handbook, that probably has a big X over it because that no longer is the case. Yeah. So we're seeing, hey man, you know, I was talking about wanting to see the process. That's what Unearthed Arcana is, peeling back the curtain. You know, the blacksmith is forming that metal. We are literally seeing like a 5.5 edition try to get made, but they're just fighting tooth and nail to not get it. And it's just, things are contradicting each other. It's... That's Weird my frustration choices. with this. I don't know what's going on at all. There's got to be something because we've mentioned this before. The lifetime, the length of life that each edition has had. Do you have that off the top of your head? Just uh, at least with fourth edition. This is by far the far longest. So that's, that's why I know the top. Of my so head. it's overdue. But yeah. the reasoning is they've gotten a lot of new people and they don't want to just say, hey, you just came in. Here's, you know, a new video game to drop 60 bucks on. Basically, they don't want to yeah. do that. But they're essentially doing that with these books, though it's disguised as extra content, so it's okay. But God forbid if they release a new edition, it would be terrible business choice for them. You know, it would get attention, but people right. would be like, what are you doing? What's going on? Oh, man. I'm excited. Don't, don't think that this is extreme frustration. It's excitement for D&D changing and yes. things being talked about and thought on. You know? I'm excited, just confused, I'll yeah. say. Yeah, so I'm the OG, not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, there you go. The OG Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, okay, I may have spoken ahead of myself. Uh, we're not going to count the OG Dungeons and Dragons for edition stuff because that didn't change much during its time. Second edition okay. was also about two years. Okay, two or not two years, ten years, ten years. And then when we get to the third edition, that's when it starts kind of slowing down a little bit. We have uh, 2000 to about 2007. Okay. So that's that. Fourth edition is, I, I'd say, closer to 2008, uh, though a couple things came in 2007. Uh, 2008, all the way till, um, where is it here? All the way till, uh, wait, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a glitch in the timeline. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I saw something wrong. 2008 to 2013. Okay. So we are almost, we're getting close to the 10 year mark. Which would then be Ten. longer than longer than second edition. Man, that's a long time. First edition was like twenty some odd years, but yeah, I didn't think it'd catch on. Wow, so that's it's, crazy it's, to think about. Yeah, but keep in mind during those times for the previous editions, like there was a three point five edition, and we also had you know Player's Handbook two, Player's Handbook three. Those like they actually had full-on new editions of the player's handbook where i'm sure they added stuff a lot of those were just additions um I'm, i don't know if they tweak stuff from before i haven't yeah. you know, analyzed them but it's a big thing that i think this discounts a 5.5 e or whatever they do is yeah. and this is something they'd likely consider they're adding so much there and we said this as well you can't put this all in another player's handbook even if it's 600 pages you know yeah you just can't i mean you could mention there are these creature types that you can be but there's a lot of stuff in here man so i'd be interested to see how they would broach it how they would do it there's that word of the week from a few episodes ago broach broach that was a good fun one so are you ready for the hobgoblin i'm ready for the hobgoblin do you want me to do it you do it i just did the last one yeah i'll I'll dive into it so hobgoblin is a, a monster in the monster manual it's usually found around goblins uh, they're usually the kind of the similar to bugbears for the the de facto leaders, de facto leaders of the uh, goblin groups because they're wow. bigger. What's than the, the why is why is the name that way? 
What do you mean? Bugbears. I don't know. Tangent. I'm sorry, but I've never understood. Kind of looks like a bear. No bugs involved, though. I love the name. Love it. I just want to know why. I kind of wish sure it was a like a mixture of a bug and a bear. That'd be kind of cool. It's like whenever Pokemon takes a big left turn for the final evolution of something, you've got Goblin, I choose you. What? Goblin's evolving into a dun, 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 dun hobgoblin. Wow. And then the final one is bugbear. Bugbear. What? Huh? Okay. Let's continue. Yeah. So these guys are humanoid, as we said. They are medium in size and they can walk 30 feet. They have good old fashioned 60 feet of dark vision. They have fey ancestry for God knows what reason. <laughs> and um, I actually did not know this, that they do trace their origins to the fey wild, but more you know. That's interesting. And uh, they get the fey gift. So this is basically their, their cool feature. The other ones had you know, the, fi- the flying and sneaking into stuff. This one is um, you can use this trait to take the help action as a bonus action. You can do so a number of times equal to proficiency, yada, yada. This is very cute and cheeky because the monster... Cheeky, breaky. The monster, the hobgoblin, can do something somewhat similar to this. I was confused as to this at first with the help action and whatnot, but Kenneth told me that it's because hobgoblins are very about the group. Yeah. So. Yeah, Hmm. the hobgoblin monster can do some things somewhat similar to this. Um, And then at third level, you can do different things whenever you, every time you take the help action, which you probably should be doing every turn because a bonus action, Uh, you can either uh, target the whoever's you're targeting with this help action can gain a temporary hit point bonus, or you can increase their walking speed and your walking speed. Or the final one, spite, which I love the name. Until the start of your next turn, the first time you are the target of your help action hits a creature. With an attack roll, that creature has disadvantage on the next attack roll. Nice. That's very strong. That's cool. I feel like you're yeah. probably going to be taking that pretty much every time you do the help action. Because you're giving the player that you're targeting advantage. And then they would have disadvantage, uh, the creature would, after they get hit. I the might fuck- use hospitality once or twice, but... Yeah, I'd say, I mean, if, the, if it's... early levels. Especially early levels, yes, definitely, definitely. You can keep your squishy members alive. Yep, that's double the health of some people at that level. Yeah, the wizard, uh, maybe even the cleric, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortune from the mini is the last little race trait that these guys have. If you miss with an attack roll or fail an ability check or a saving throw, you can draw on the bonds of reciprocity to gain a bonus. So the roll equals the number of allies you can see within 30 feet. Maximum of plus five. And use this t- trade a number of times, yada, yada. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's very strong. I could see playing a hobgoblin uh, paladin. Lots of kind of aura effects, staying close to your people, uh, getting these uh, already, you know, with a lot of these auras, you're having a bonus to saving throws. Now you have even more of a saving throw bonus. Be badass. The interesting thing with this um, is if I was playing in a smaller group, I would almost certainly have this and make either somebody in my party or myself a summoner type that has a summon because the implication of this is in order to get that plus five, you either have to have some NPCs with you sure. or your DM has to take on DMing six people, which is on the harder side. You got to make sure <laughs> the summoner is summoning things that are friendly to all of you. Yes, yes. Because some like something just, a demon yeah, or something would work. A demon in front of everybody. Yeah, it's not very friendly. Most summons do indeed say, oh, they're friendly to you. They're good buddies. You want to school together. Stuff like that. I like these guys a lot. I'm a fan. Would you I was say, trying to judge it. Yeah, go ahead. Would you say if you charmed something, then it counted as your ally? Yeah. It's friendly towards you. Yeah. I would, they might need to reword it. Um, this doesn't say it's friendly towards you, right? But I would say allies and friendly is the same thing. Sure. Maybe. People I'm down with that. Awesome. But, you know, that's a thing that they'll probably tweet about at some point. Someone's going to say, hey, Jeremy Crawford, what constitutes an ally? Use your best judgment. Or oh, Jeremy, if they're friends. Do you think it's money every time we tweet something? Probably. If they have um, a lot of questions. Well, if you think about it, his account could be a business one or it's a person. It just depends on what they do and what they get from Twitter. I don't know right. how payment works for that. It's a well-guarded secret amongst people that don't get paid off of Twitter. So I don't know. I don't know. And I was trying to judge this by, you know, how many of these abilities scale. But then I realized 
pretty much none of the classes have abilities that scale. Like uh, Hellish Rebuke for Tieflings is yeah, it's maintains three D ten. Yeah, for the longest time we did not know that for our Hellish Rebuke, and I was ooh man destroying people with that uh, that trait from my Tiefling, and then I was like, okay, I took a step back when they said it, and I wasn't arguing. It's like this makes sense. No, I said this is too bunch powerful. Of bullshit. It was pretty bullshit. You know, it's not bullshit. Owls, man. I love owls. They're cool. They're freaky. You like owl folk? If they care I like that freaky owl bears. I don't know. Owl bears are nice. If you like owl bears, I think there is one in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Yeah, that sounds or right. Something like that. So, next up, we got owl folks. Distant can of giant owls. They come in many shapes and sizes, from petite and fluffy to wide winged and majestic, and also horrifically scary because if you see those black beady eyes looking at you, you have an omen on your way. They have arms and legs, of course, like other humanoids, as well as wings that come from their backs and shoulders. They do have an ancestral charm, aren't they? They want more things to have fly, which is interesting because it's hard if you uh, do theater of the mind, being able to have that Z axis or Y axis. Yeah, Y axis. But this thing is a lot more difficult. This thing doesn't technically have flight. It has like a cousin of flight. It's a cousin of flight. Yeah, and I would argue just because it's they're bigger, it's a bit more tough. Do air croakers just have flight? Yes. Okay, but I, I think, think their arms are wings, aren't they? I don't know. He's looking it up. I'm going to keep talking while he looks that up. So, you've got the following racial traits. You are a humanoid. There's no fey involved into this, but you're a humanoid. Size, medium, or small. Choose the size when you gain this race. Speed is 30 feet, and you do have dark vision, but hold on. 90 feet. Take that. Yeah, that's that's, that's a weird addition, isn't it? 10 extra feet? Yeah, but they're owls, right? 10 just extra give feet? 100, is- just give them 120. Well, that's, uh, that's 30 extra feet of dark oh, vision. Oh, I can't do math. Yeah, 60 to 30. You know, it's fine. It's uh, fine. But for video watchers, uh, you saw me make a crazy face. I didn't realize Aarakocra have a 50 flight speed. What's their anatomy? Look with those wings. It's just big wings on the back. Interesting. I wonder why the owl... I mean, maybe that's owls a, aren't the best at flying. I don't know. That's a fast flight speed. They go, at man. first level? Oh, my God. Yeah. What else you get? You get magic sight. Your keen senses to focus, and uh, they allow you to see magic and the presence of such. You gain the ability to cast the detect magic spell, but only as a ritual, so it takes some time. Spellcasting ability is your choice. Interesting new addition. You get to pick. Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. You can also cast the spell normally with any spell slots you might have. Nimble flight. There's this flight light thing that Ryan was mentioning. Your wings uh, give you uh, a flying speed equal to your walking, so 30 feet. When you fall, you can use your reaction, if you have it, to make a dex saving throw of DC 10 to stop falling and fly in place until the start of your next turn. I'm sorry, it took me a second to to kind of process what you said there. Why does it matter what spellcasting ability I cast detect magic for? Aver? It doesn't do anything. Well, maybe they're going to add some stuff that do have spells that need that clarification and they have it here for consistency. But it's just detect magic. Like, for those of you who don't know, detect magic for the duration, which is 10 minutes, you can sense the pres- presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense any magic and use your action uh, to see what type of school of magic it is. You can penetrate through barriers. That's it. Well, you still, you still have to cast it through something. So I like that they address it. it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. But it's 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 your. You can cast it through whatever. You can cast it. But the using charisma intelligence blank doesn't take any effect on this. I mean, with how magic works in D and D, it has to come through something. It doesn't matter. You know, there's no. They're wasting ink on this printing it they're wasting ink if it ever comes somewhere well yeah you have to i could yeah. be misunderstanding someone maybe someone comment send us a tweet hop on our discord if i'm if i'm misunderstanding this portion because it's definitely a possibility send ryan uh mail in the physical mail jeremy crawford come at me tell me why you did can we go back to nimble flight and how dumb i think it is though yeah why why are they so limited in flight why what was the reasoning to not give them flight Maybe because instead of this, they're doing the opposite of what we said, and they don't like flight, and they're like, "Oh my god, we can't have too much flight going on in our games." 
I guess, but I don't know, well, man. You could have given I mean, these guys like ten foot flight speed. You know, owls aren't super. Well, actually, they are. Owls they are pretty, aren't pretty quick, but they're quick. But typically, when they hunt, they perch somewhere and then and dive then, and yeah, go back and stand. So, maybe so that's, this, maybe that's where this came from. Kind of works. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're not. You know, the best of the aerodynamic bird races. I don't know. But this is just weird. You have to have your reaction, which most often you do. Uh, and you need to make a deck save throw, which weirdly forces owl folk to maybe need a better dex stat just to make use of this. DC 10 is not hard. You know, it's unless you have a minus dex score, that's a 50 50 chance math to, you know, save, right? But yeah. you know, like if you're you trying to. big ass wings for nothing, though. Yeah. And how often are you falling? And when you. <laughs> You have to have your react if you're falling down a massive pit. Mm-hmm. You use your reaction to float until your next turn, at which you start falling again and have to make another save. What? You hover in place. You are still going to fall, and you have to make yeah, they enough saves. Should have given saves. it like a um. What's the what's the spell that you can you cast it upon yourself and you slowly fall, fall down? Yeah, feather fall. This should this, this should be like a feather fall kind of thing. It should just be feather fall. It's because in game. If you use this when you're falling down a pit, your DM is probably going to have to look up falling speed rules, figure that out, because not many DMs have had to use that. So they're likely going to have to break open the rule book, and this is going to stop the flow of play a lot, just like it stops you for a second in the air, at which you start falling again, and you're going to have to calculate the distance. Your DM's going to have to shit out a number of how far it is and figure that out. What? This thing's weird. I like that they can do it, so just it's make an it feather fall. It's an alpha. It's an alpha. It's whatever pre-alpha is. I don't know. Yeah. Silent feathers. You have proficiency in the stealth skill. That is an, a tongue twister. You have proficiency in the stealth skill. Cute. Cute. All right. Yeah, owls are pretty quiet, I guess. Yeah. Nimble flight's so weird, man. Even the name doesn't really fit. This isn't flight. It's controlled falling. As falling Buzz style. Lightyear said. I don't know. Fall no, style. Buzz, yeah, that's what Buzz Lightyear said. But just imagine, like, visually picture an owl folk falling in the air. It falls for six seconds and goes, <sighs> does a really strong flap, and then falls again. This is controlled falling. It's not nimble flight. Before we get hate mail, by the way, we were both wrong. It's actually Woody who says that to Buzz. Did you just look that up? No, I remember the scene. Thank you. Okay, well, we're almost done here. We're getting there. There's one last one for... A very particular group of people. And this one is a problem for a very particular group of people as well. This is the rabbit folk. Uh, so if you ever wanted to be a big ass, cotton-tailed, bunny-eyed, eared creature, now you can be. These are uh, humanoids. Cute. Uh, you are medium or you're small. You can choose. Like how it says, you choose this small. size when you gain this race why can't the why can't the fairies be small they are small okay i'm sorry they're not tiny yeah that's what we're looking for i'm gonna hide (laughs) Uh, your walking speed is 30 feet standard stuff so far nothing out of left field hair trigger you add your proficiency bonus to your initiative rolls holy mother of god high levels man you got a hot big ass proficiency modifier maybe you have high decks already Boom. You're always going first. And you add um, awareness. What is it? What's the thing? Alert. Plus another 10 initiative. You are going first always. That's so cool. I love it's strong as hell. But we let's uh, screw power creep. Do it. Let's make races cool. Make abilities like this so fun. You got strong legs. You go eat in the combat. I love it. And it's strong though. Braxton, we talked about earlier. There's no real thing that grows with you as you level with a race. This one does. Yep. Why not? Uh, Leporine. Leporine. I don't know, man. Some scientific word probably for bunnies. Uh, You have proficiency on the the perception skill. You have big eyes. can see lots of stuff. These guys are so strong. Lucky footwork. When you fail a deck save, you can use your reaction to roll a d4 and add it to the result, potentially turning the failure into success. It's like some bardic inspiration, but smaller. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Now, this is the one I, I don't know if I have a problem with, but this one can be a problem for my games if someone is using it. Rabbit hop. 
Once during each of your turns when you walk at least five feet, you can hop. You may have been confused on why there was no jumping speed for this thing currently. Well, here it is. Roll a D12 and move that many feet in a direction of your choice. This extra distance doesn't cost movement. You can hop only if your speed isn't zero. There's so many problems with this right now. Grid players going to have a problem with this. Yeah, who doesn't play in a grid? Who actually needs to move six feet? It doesn't, until you move, every spell is within five, it ends in a five or it ends in a zero. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you move with this ability six feet or five feet. There's no difference until you get to ten. So you can always hop. They, can, they just, can they just make this? Unless you're restrained. Or grappled, you can't move. Yeah. Can they just make this? And this might be too restrictive. Roll a d12 if you get... If you get a 5 or above, you can move 5 feet. If you get a 10 or above, you can move 10 feet. But until you roll the 5, it's a 0 feet. And until you roll the 10, it's 5 feet. Because there's no point moving 7 feet, 8 feet, 9 feet. Because until you get that next in- distance, it's not going to get you out of the range of an attack, a spell that can reach until you get that extra grit. Right. I'm so confused. I guess you're supposed to round with this? I don't know. Can they just make it a coin flip? And if it's I, heads, it's five feet? I'd rather them say you can jump 25 feet or something. There are monsters and creatures that have jump movements. So why can't we just give that? I mean, technically, I think it's using their action or in something. But why can't we give that to one of these guys? Let's do this, okay? Or if you move 10 feet, then you can jump 30 feet in the air or something. I don't know. Eric Coker have 50 feet of movement, right? A flight, yeah, twenty-five feet on the flight. on the ground. Why not just give them an extra ten feet of movement in the form of this feature? They can they have a walking speed of thirty feet, yeah. and can jump an additional ten feet. And that, then that can be up up in the air, or it can be you know sideways. Yeah, and you well, have I'm to be about at it least from like, walking to do it, like a bull. Or like a minotaur monster. It's uh, a lot of the times they have abilities that say if they move twenty five feet in a turn or something, then they can uh, like gore something, or they can you know slam and push something farther. Uh, I could see something similar with this. You move ten feet, then you can jump twenty five feet. This I have the same problem with this as I did with nimble flight. Is that it? It doesn't fit within the system of D&D. So this could be extremely, extremely nitpicky, like Magic the Gathering reading the syntax to figure out what's working on. Because say you've got a spell uh-huh. that's an AoE, and or, or there's like a canyon, and you need to land on a small island, right? A yeah. small 5x5 five five space. And you jump, you need, you need to land exactly 10 feet to get into it. So you need to hit a 10 to do it. You land an 11 and you go too far. You go 11 feet and you're one foot over and you don't make it. Are we going to nitpick that much on it? Just I would change say, this. During the game, I'm sure there's always people where you lean on the rule of cool. Say, sure, yeah, you can do that. But yeah. logistically, this I guess needs, you This can't. needs to change. Rules as written, as they say raw. Yeah, I guess you probably couldn't. This is insane. I don't, oh my god, I know this is probably, let's just do it, but I don't know why they decided to go with a D12. It's like trying to take seconds and adding a, I don't know, it's so weird. We, like they're, we reaching, function, they're reaching for this rabbit stuff, and this one was a, was a miss. Just say rabbit hop. Once during your turn, you can jump 10 feet in any direction. You know what they should do? Hire us. Yeah. I'll play that. test for you. I'll, uh, you know, we actually have, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, uh, we actually have play tested, uh, in our game before, uh, when Cobalt Press was releasing some of the creature codex stuff, um, and Tome of the Beasts, if you kickstart it, uh, there was an option to say if, if you want to help them balance stuff. And we, I can't remember which creature it was anymore, but I, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can play test. And they they sent us out a bunch of stuff, and I you know, I would thumb through it and find ones that worked for our game, 
and I'd find a creature that worked for us, and we we did it one time, and I sent him some feedback. It didn't, I don't you think did? it changed, but uh, it was it was fun. Huh? I didn't know that. That's fun. You know, hire us. We hire, are yeah, QA us. testers for D and D. It's my eventual goal. Now I'm trying to think of my career path to get into either the video game industry or to Dungeons and Dragons. I would I would love to be um, a talent acquisition person for like D and D Beyond or Wizards of the Coast. That'd be, that'd be that's like idea. That. You could do it for like a third party company, Cobalt Press. You know, something exactly. like that. That's my goal. I'm on the job search again. I'm trying Someone to figure out. If anybody's hire, listening, this man. They, they need somebody, get me in there. I've got two plus years of talent acquisition and full desk recruiting experience. Get me in there. Hire Let's this go. man. Let's go. Let's. Yeah, man. Go. Nice. Nice. So know, let's it? go. Let's get the hell yeah. out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised we managed to get as much into this as we did. And it was, it was I had a good time. Had a good we time. Chat, we waffle. Know? If you want to waffle with us. Maybe on social media. That would be at Dungeon Crawl Pod on Instagram, which just kind of has a little bit of clips and whatnot. It sits there. If you want to look there, we might make something out of it. But we prefer Twitter. We're trying to be better at that. We're going to announce when we've got episodes going on. Any resources that we use, we're going to tweet them out day of so we can try to make you guys have that. You know, I realized proportion. I misspoke. I forgot last week we didn't do Ravenloft. Last week was RP episode. Yes, it was. So you can stop now. Or you can tweet us and say Ryan's such an idiot, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna crawl mistakes pod. this episode. I wouldn't be surprised if I made some uh, some reading mistake and ranted yeah. for ten minutes on something that didn't actually matter. So now you know where to go. But if you really want to type something along, instead of using that tweet longer, you can email us at thedungeoncrawlpod at gmail for business inquiries or hate mail, whatever you want to do there. We do have a Discord if you want to instant message us and be like, Ryan, you're dumb, and Ryan can be like, No, and you'd be like, Yeah, you're dumb for this reason. Emoji, emoji. They'll ban you from the Discord. Ban you from the Discord. Oh my god. Yeah. You can also talk about a bunch of other things. We've got channels for like IRL stuff, cooking and whatnot. You've got anime watch week on Sundays, which isn't happening this week because everybody's gone. But if you want to join that, we watch a lot of fun stuff that's airing during the week. You know? And that's it. That's all I've got. Except for the fact that we have a YouTube as well. Search the Dungeon Call podcast on YouTube. You can find the video format of all this if you are watching in audio only right now. I'm it. I'm done. That's it. Is it it? That's it for me. What do you got? Oh, uh, what do you bring to the table, man. <clears throat> Here comes Peter Cottontail hopping down the podcast trail. Hippity hoppity, go to Apple Podcasts. There you'll find the dungeon crawl. Rate us five stars on the website and leave a nice review for all of us. Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> I look so tired <laughs> just by hearing that. I just aged like 10 years. Hey, man. Oh, my God. I come up with a new one of these each week. It's some of them hit, some of them don't. That's right, guys. This is our announcement. Ryan now has a SoundCloud. Find that track that we just released on our SoundCloud at Ryan on SoundCloud.com. You know, I, I could be a SoundCloud rapper. I get the hairstyle for it. Do you? I don't know about that one. Hey, what's up? This is Good times. Ryan with a new episode <laughs> let me wrap for you here Pretty right, good. if everybody hasn't left at this point as you heard at the beginning of this episode most swoon. likely we do have the dungeon chronicles our actual play stuff that's yeah, going on the 22nd yeah what's going on the 22nd Braxton? that's the live play that we're gonna be having probably at 6 p.m for the dungeon chronicles the dawning at twitch.tv forward slash molassior wait M-E. but i'm so, i'm confused Braxton. does no, that come out on thursdays what do we have what are we doing on a, on a monday oh what do you mean monday I'm, uh, yeah I'm i know we're streaming like a, live yeah. yeah there you go yeah we're streaming live yeah we're, we're live streaming live streaming <laughs> the podcast so if you want to come and watch the live dungeon chronicles <laughs> that go to uh, j- j- uh, March 22nd uh, twitch.tv slash melisir uh, do we have a time yet for that probably 6pm 6pm central standard time go subscribe yes. go follow that uh, twitch channel and then uh, eventually if you want to go ahead and be ahead of the ballpark ball game go to twitch.tv slash the dungeon crawl network you had to think about it for a uh, second. Some of our handles have V, some don't. The Dungeon yeah. Crawl Network. Eventually, we're going to be moving everything over to that Dungeon Crawl related. I uh, just got to get it up and running for a minute. Uh, get things going. So go ahead and hit the follow button on that. 
Yes, Twitch. the VOD won't be on the Twitch. It'll be produced, edited, and fixed up on that Thursday. Yes. There you go. If you were interested. That's all. If you want to pay us to say your ads in this very professional, structured format where we forget things, and I think that's some of the charm, we can do it. Come here. If you, if you have another D&D thing that you want to shout out, let's get a sponsorship going. Let's do it. I don't know, man. We need money. I'm just kidding. We do this for fun. Thanks. Damn straight. As always. But Braxton call him with us, money. everybody. He has, has jobs. Someone hire him, please. Um, He's eating ramen from, I'm eating ra- from the trash can. I don't even day. have any water. That was my last glass of water. There's no more. So hit the five-star button now. Braxton needs water. <laughs> Get my skin. It's terrible. <laughs> I've got... That's oh, kind of gone now, but yeah, I had a skin condition earlier. I can't take care of it. My children... Yeah, last week, it was shirtless. Yeah, that's why I wasn't on the video, because <laughs> I couldn't wear a shirt. As always, like I mentioned a second ago, thanks for calling with us, guys. It's the year of the dungeon. You know what we're doing next week, Braxton? Because I do. Wait, what? What are we doing? Oh, yeah! Candle King Mysteries, baby. If you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out at 7 a.m., then stop what you're doing. Just get off of your Zoom call with your with your leader of your team at work and head over to your local game store and pick up Candle Key Mysteries. I'll write that on my resume. It has been leader of team at work. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be fun. We'll probably yeah. have Kenneth there too. Ideally, we'll be covering it uh, next week. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, things could go wrong. Maybe we won't get the book for some reason. We'll see. How is Braxton going to buy it? He doesn't have any money. I got to steal Hit it. Hit the five-star button and he'll have money. Hit it. Take care, guys. See you next week. Peace.